Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. Hello everybody, welcome back to the In All Things podcast. We are here in the same room, but it looks a little bit different if you're watching. We thought that we would revamp it a little bit for season six, um, and we're here. We're excited to be here today. Um, as usual, I'm joined with Steve and Jared, mm. and how are you guys mm. doing this morning? Great. Anything Fantastic. exciting going on in your lives? I have my morning energy drink, and I'm ready to go. What'd you have today? Bang. Oh, nice. Change it up. What kind? Uh, <laughs> They've shoot. got like a million flavors. I think it was like, um, oh shoot, I don't even know. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, but change it up. Yeah. I'm normally a monster guy, yeah. you know, but change it up today. You're a ghost guy, too. I like ghost. I like monster. Yeah. I'm a morning coffee guy, so, yeah. yeah. You are. I have two cups, so black. Not black. Little cream. Little cream? Little cream, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I've, I've had water this morning. That's all. So that's wow, you're at. so brave. And that's uh, kind of my usual, so not very exciting. No. How do you um, How do you even go about your morning without caffeine in you? I just don't drink much caffeine. Ever? Not, I mean, from time to time, mm. if I'm really, really needed, I can't do I it. Do it, but like even just, I mean, even throughout the day, I feel like it. Like comes to be lunchtime, I better have some more caffeine. Even yeah. after having like 500 milligrams in the morning <laughs> with my, with my energy drink, say I have way too much. But I mean, I nothing tells me I shouldn't. Otherwise, <laughs> I mean, those I don't really pay attention to the heart palpitations <laughs> and right. like, nonstop normal. shaking. Yes. I mean, that's all just normal stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. I have it too. Yeah, but, and with water, uh, it really energizes. So, <laughs> yeah, that is today not topic. we are here kicking off season six, and six. we thought it would be interesting to spend some time talking about our own um, kind of individual spiritual development and how we walk with God on a day to day basis. Um, and we're trying to do uh, maybe a little bit different of an approach to this season where we are more predetermining what we're going to be talking about just so we can be a little bit more focused, but we're not sharing much of our thoughts and approaches to the topics that we're going to be talking about. And so we thought it'd be interesting to kick off the new year and the new season to just spend a little bit of time talking about how do we each individually um, you know, approach life with God and Maybe we'll push back on each other's approaches a little bit, too, and, um, you know, kind of ask, you know, is that the right way? Is that the best way? And just kind of have a conversation about all those kinds of things. And I thought it would be interesting for us to kind of start with the reason why we wanted to do this. Um, Reason being is because um, for people in our church or just Christians in general, it can feel like sometimes there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to spend time with God. There's only one way to... Uh, you know, you've got to do X, Y, and Z first and make sure you start here and then end with this and do this much time. And uh, it can feel very formulaic, but we're hopefully going to arrive at the conclusion today that there is not one set way and right way to do it. Um, but we all kind of come at it from different approaches. We thought that would be helpful for people as yeah. they make up their own, you know, what does it look like for me to spend time with God? So I think it would be good if we start by, and it sounds really simplistic, but defining what spiritual development means, just that term, that that's what we're calling this spiritual development. How do you guys define that term? Hmm. Hmm, it's a good, that's a, that's because a good it's just like a, you know, we're, we're not, I think we're talking beyond like, what do you do for your devotional life? That's part of it's it. That's part of it. But what does the term spiritual development actually mean? Yeah. 
Good question. Yeah, why don't you go first? Oh man, I don't know if I should go first because I need a time. I need, uh, need time, time to think, to think about think? it. I think the the fancy church word for it that doesn't get used a lot is sanctification, right? Maybe we can we can kind okay. of put that on there. Which uh, simple definition is the process of becoming like Jesus or right. looking like God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so spiritual development is your approach lived out through your personality, your life, your daily routine, your habits. Um, that bring you closer to, you know, over time, looking more and more like Jesus and who he's called you yeah. to be. Would you say that that's probably a I like that. I think that's... What yeah. would you add to it? Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, when I was defining it, I was thinking of uh, what processes, what habits, all the things that you do in your life to become, to get closer to God, mm-hmm. to know God better and to become closer to God. I hadn't thought of the word sanctification um, but basically, yeah, just what have you done? What are you doing? What have you done throughout your life to develop your spiritual life? I mean, it's very, I mean, yeah. the word defines itself, but I think, um, I think we just wanted to make sure that, that we're broad with that as we begin. Like, it's not just, um, what did you read in mm-hmm. the Bible this morning? It's more than that. Was, was that how you thought about this coming into it? Maybe a little bit. I think that I would ask the question because I think it would be just out of curiosity to, to feel to feel out how you guys would answer this, but when we when you ask spiritual development, I go to my my mind automatically goes to you know the spirit developing you. So like when you're when you become a believer and you accept um, Christ as your savior, the spirit comes upon you, and then the goal then is for us to allow the spirit to change and develop us. Mm-hmm. So like I guess it's kind of a two part approach. Like how do how much of that is our responsibility? How much of it is the the spirit's responsibility to yeah. to change us? Because you know, I've seen a lot of times where through the years people claim to have accepted Christ and then you have no, there's no fruit in their life or there's yeah. no evidence of that. Well, is that because of a lack of their willingness to participate in mm-hmm. the spirit's um, development and sanctification in their own life? What yeah, do you- we kind of got into this a little bit over Taco Bell last week. The three of us did kind of talking about the process after being saved and what is what should that look like and how should that be communicated a little bit mm-hmm. um, it's kind of that same question um yeah i i don't know I, in terms of what the balance is um i think it's it is a mixture of the two i think um you know it's a process of allowing the spirit to work which brings you to a place of wanting to change too would you say that's true mm-hmm. like i think yeah. when you first get saved Right. You probably aren't just like, I'm just going to give up all the things I do and change my whole life and move things around. That's probably not instantaneous it, for a lot of people. For a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a few. It just sure. depends on the person and where you are in life when it happens. And, mm-hmm. you know. I, but I think it's I think it's over time. Right. Yeah. This process happens of like your desires and the things you care about really begin to change as you allow the spirit to work. I know C.S. Lewis talks about the process of he compares it to renovating a house. Right. And he says, you know, that that process of doing that is not instantaneous. If you're going to put in the work to renovate your house, it takes a long time. And it's and it's slow and it's messy and you're constantly cleaning up and you're constantly like, why did I get into this? And then you've got to choose to keep doing it to finish the project. And it's it's just that is how he kind of compares um, this process of the Holy Spirit working is kind of like, as each project or each thing that you've got to kind of give up, it's like, oh, do I really want to go through with this? Right. This doesn't really feel great. This doesn't really feel like what I maybe would choose. But then you choose to do it because you know the result is better than 
maybe what it was before. I don't know. Or no, I um, think you're absolutely right. And I think, I mean, the reason we want to talk about it is because um, it's pa- it's a passion of ours for the people that we pastor. Like, we know that spiritual development is something that God has um, given us the responsibility to help foster in the life of our church. And you with students, I mean, but all of us, three of us as a whole with our congregation, and, you know, we are like passionate about our church growing, but the best way for our church to grow is for people to spiritually develop. Because if they do, then they're going to reach out and they're going to bring their friends to church, bring their friends to Christ. We we know all that. And I think that spiritual development um, is something that you mentioned the word sanctification. And I always think about um, in the renovation thing, like you're going through, through some stuff in your own house. I know about like it's a process and it's not like we're going to arrive ultimate sanctification isn't until we are in heaven and like Jesus completely. But it's like in 2025 in January, when we sit down, I hope all three of us are more like Jesus than we are right now. Mm-hmm. And that's where I look at it. It's like the, this long-term refining process of my life and the two steps forward, one step back sometimes, you know, that's, but in the end, have I progressed? And, and that's where I get excited when I see that kind of fruit in people's lives. And uh, the cool thing, like being in, I'll mention this last night in small group at our house, there was this one, one couple as we were sharing, they mentioned going through something and the talking about prayer and the series and, and the wife said they were somewhere and it was kind of a tough situation they're dealing with, with family and the husband who had never done anything like this before. He said, do you want to pray together right now? Mm. And she was blown away because he's never offered to do that or anything. And it was really cool. Like that is spiritual growth and that's a step. And you see that happening in people's lives and you're encouraged because like, you know, uh, you you know how how vital it is. So I think the topic is important. I think we've already established that. I think, you know, anybody listening, it, you know, on the surface, it might not sound like a hot button topic, but it is the critical foundational topic. And you can't get there without a desire for it. I think going back to like your is it the spirit or is it us? It's both. But if you don't yield to the spirit, it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. right? You can't just manufacture it. And your desire changes as you walk through this process, I think. Um, another thought, too, before we maybe get into some more individual ways and approaches of this, uh, this might be a maybe a topic uh, in and of itself, but um, should we be distinguishing spiritual development from the rest of just life? Um is there this element of everything we do, right, is developing us into something? So is, does it need to be like this, oh, spiritual development is only when you're sitting in this place or you're in these four walls at church or you're doing this? Or is it like as I'm going throughout my life at the gym, at work, eating food with my family, whatever, it's all a form of spiritual develop- development because I'm just becoming that kind of person over time. It's not like I'm you know, separating it into this one funnel of my life when I'm spiritual because that can be dangerous. But I'm just like, I, what I'm getting at is you know, sanctification, discipleship, all this kind of stuff. You're becoming someone, you're following something, even if it's not spiritual. So maybe we don't need to separate it so harshly into just spiritual development. Maybe it's just how we live our lives and what we're following. Just a thought. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have yeah, any I think, ideas. Like, it's a good point because, you know, when when we accept Christ, you know, as our Savior, the Scripture tells us you, we shed off our old self and immediately we're a new creation. And to embrace that identity. So 
it's almost like when you ask somebody to, you know, how was your spiritual development going? Well, like, it's almost like, well, that's, is that a, just a piece of who they are or should we be asking, Oh, how's your, how's your development going? Like how, how was your sanctification journey going? Like, you know, it's not, it's not just like we have this piece of us that we need to refine. It's Mm -hmm. all of us that we have to refine. So it's a, it's a good question. I've never thought about that way. Like if, if your spiritual development isn't affecting the way that you interact with people at work, school, where you, you know, play sports, whatever, all that stuff you're doing at the gym, if it's not, changing the way you interact with people there, then what kind of development really yeah. is it? If it's not a compartment, that's mm-hmm. what we've, I mean, we always talk about compartmentalizing. It's not a compartment of your life. It is your whole life. And I think, I remember, I don't remember what pastor it was. Some woman pastor did a whole thing years ago. It was called, I think it was called the everything is spiritual tour. I don't know if it might've been Rob Bell and he's kind of, he Ooh, went off the rails, Yikes! but, but a bad name had Rob. a few things good before he went off the rails. Um, um, but I think there's a point though. Uh, about that is like, you know, I can go, you know, like my son plays baseball. You can play baseball for the glory of God, you, you know, still go out there and play hard, but also represent Jesus wherever you are. And that should impact the way that you do everything in your life. Now, maybe there's some areas we could argue, how does it really affect? I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's, I think what you're saying is, yeah. is well, true. like the cool, one of the cool things about the spirit, working in our lives is that, you know, the spirit is a, you know, obviously a part of the triune God, right? But, but some, it's a, it's a being that understands humanity as a whole and understands that for us as, you know, finite sinful beings, it's impossible for us to go from imperfection to perfection by, you know, in the snap of a finger. So Mm -hmm. the spirit is fully aware that it's a journey for us. And so, when we accept Christ as our Savior and the Spirit comes upon us and, and begins to convict and work in our lives, it's not an automatic revelation of everything that's wrong with you. I have got to fix this. I've got to yeah. fix that. I've got to fix this. The Spirit has a way of taking you on that journey as, you, as you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, the Spirit convicts you over time of specific things. So yeah. you, you work on this. You, you, you improve it. And then almost immediately the spirit's like, oh, hey, by the way, here's this other thing you need to be working on. And then sometimes there's more than one things at a time. But generally speaking, it's a journey. And the spirit working in us is is amazing. Just, I mean, for the fact that the spirit is aware of our humanity and who we are and aware of our flaws and what we need to work on. Yeah, I think before we move on from your point, I think it's important that there are a lot of people out there that are trying to develop themselves as people without the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're like just trying to improve themselves, personal improvement, making themselves a better person. And they're doing a lot of great things, but the spiritual component isn't part of it at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, I meet people like that, that are great. They're great people. We all probably know people and they're great people, but mm-hmm. they, there's nothing about the spirit part of it at all. They're just trying to be really good people in this world mm-hmm. for their, you know, for their own reasons. So I don't think I know you're not saying that, but I think we need to, we are talking about it from a spiritual perspective for yeah. sure. Like, mm-hmm. because that there's a, you can become a really great person and miss out on the most important thing, mm-hmm. which is knowing Jesus. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let's kind of shift maybe into more personal um, approaches and takes on how we do some of this stuff. Um, let's start maybe with, well, yesterday was Sunday. So let's say this morning, what mm-hmm. did any of us do this morning? Um, and then we'll kind of maybe zoom out and talk just more 
um, what does an ideal day look like for each of us where we're doing some of these things and um, yeah, whatnot. So let's start with today. What mm-hmm. did, what, let's start with Steve. What did you do this morning? Um, I woke up and I, um, I have a um, couple different things, but I have a, a daily email that comes into my inbox. I couldn't even tell you what the name of it is, um, but it's daily and it's a, it starts with a verse and then there's a whole devotional that goes with it. And there's also a worship song goes with it, and there's questions to ponder. Uh, today was Ephesians 4, 29, about not letting any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth and only do what is encouraging for each other. And I immediately began thinking about I'm going to be around you guys today, around staff, and how do I present myself? How do I carry myself? How do I? So I start there. Um, interestingly enough, in my small group, um, we're doing a just starting off our semester with um, John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry study, and we were talking about silence and solitude um, last night, and it was interesting, and everybody was talking about it, and then at the end, uh, Eric Mitchelson said, hey, before we do prayer, let's all go around the room and say what we're going to do different this week. I was like, dude, that's okay, and I'm like, all right, let's challenge each other, So, um, and I got convicted about like always listening to a podcast and I mean, whether they're good or bad, whether they're for development of their sports podcasts, it's like, so I always have this loud noise and I said, I'm going to take my time in the shower in the morning and not have anything on and use that time to talk to the Lord and listen. Mm-hmm. And it was good today. Like I was like, I wasn't bothered by anything else and I was focused. So I was reading that focused on that. So that's just today. Um, but um, I have different things at different periods of time in my life. So I think, I do a lot of ebbing and flowing. That's good. You should, in yeah. my opinion. And I was thinking about this as we were as we were planning for this. Like, life has been, um, it's, well, for me, being 54, compared to you guys, I've had a lot of different time periods in my life where it's been hotter and colder. But the, when I became a believer at 10, my family started going to a uh, an old-fashioned Bible believing Baptist church. And we went to church Sunday morning, also had Sunday school, Sunday night, Wawana on Wednesday night. And it was like just so much poured into me discipleship wise, memorizing scripture. And it was from age 10 to age 18. Then I went straight from that to a Christian college where I had chapel Monday, Wednesday, Friday, church on Sunday, small group in my dorm. And I had like 12 years of intense just all the time and reading my Bible through in the year, keeping the markers in my Bible, doing all of that. And so it was like, I feel like I had this 12 years of like tremendous spiritual formation and development in my life. And then ever since then, it's been like building upon that. Um, that makes any sense. But there's like been periods where it's like, let's read the Bible through this. Then, then there's some just, let's pick a devotional and new version. Mm-hmm. Let's get a verse of the day with the devotional attached to it. Let's do the 21 days that the church is doing together or my small group is doing this or I'm preaching a series on this topic. So let me find a devotional that complements that. So anyway, I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling on. You just ask a simple question about this morning. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I just wanted to stick with today for just a minute. And then, I mean, what you're saying is all very, very good. I want to get to that. Some of the, I I agree with what Jared said. I think it should change and should happen. I have a funny story about that very question. And I may have shared this with you guys at some point. Um, But when I was about 28, I was in my second church as a youth pastor. And the pastor there, 
uh, he's awesome. I love him, respect him. He was a mentor to me. But uh, one morning he brought me in his office, like first thing to talk to me about something. And then randomly said, what did you read in the Bible for your devotions this morning? And I said, I had a crazy morning. I'm going to two little kids. And I said, I didn't, didn't do that yet. And he's like, Steve, how do you expect God to bless your life and your ministry if you didn't spend time with him this morning? It was the most awful feeling. I hated it. I was upset. I was mad at myself. I was beating myself up. I didn't like him for a while. And it was this awful guilt trip thing. And ever since then, I mean, it's funny because he apologized multiple times. If I saw him today, he might say, Steve, you know, when I said that, I'm sorry I did that to you. But the point was, it's like, wait a minute, this relationship with God isn't supposed to be a guilt trip. We should be committed to it. But then there's also this guilt of like, oh no, I missed a day. God hates me now. And you're a disappointment to him. And God isn't going to use you because you didn't do some, something that, you know, should be a habit in your life. So anyway, you asking that question, it was like a flashback. What did you do this morning? Um, and it was done. It was said to me in a way that was harsh and critical. But isn't that so like, isn't that the very thing that so many New Testament authors wrote about not having to feel that guilt mm. of ritualistic, um, you know, like motions and going through the day to day? You know, obviously, you know, a lot of them were referring to, you know, the converted Jews that were still trying to follow, you know, the the written law. But like, and the gist of it is, you know, like th- there's nothing that we have to do. We can't, we can't earn mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. from God. Like, right. Like he, right. he willingly gives us his, his grace and it's like, there's nothing we can do to earn it. So why do we run around in circles and beat ourselves it was, up? It's so a bad? form of legalism. If you let it be oh, a thousand percent, that's I, what it was in yeah. that moment. It was like, Oh, that's yeah. legalistic but, about this. But I would say, I would almost say that that has become such a danger, even in, you know, our circle, right? Even here at Sycamore Creek, and we we can fall into the trap of telling people, you know, oh, you need to be reading the Bible every day, um, or you know, you know, you're not really, you know, developing. We or, that's, like, that, that, uh, we, be, I mean, so yeah, I think that you know, Scripture clearly clearly tells us that we need to be, what in um, Joshua meditate on yeah, His sure. Word day and night, right? Like, but like nowhere in the New Testament. Does it say, hey, and that was even Old Testament, right? And speak, that was even referring to the law. But like, there's nowhere in the New Testament that says, hey, every day you've got to make sure you're getting up in the morning and you're spending 10 minutes in prayer, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then you need to make sure that you're in the silence of, you know, nothingness. And then you need to let the Lord speak to you through just reading and meditating on his. No, no, nothing says that. Mm-hmm. So when we teach that to people, that that's what they have to be, do, have to be doing, mm-hmm. it, becomes a burden on them when they don't do it. And we are almost teaching them that that's a part of their, that has to be a part of their daily journey uh, to and walk with the Lord, but it's not the case at all. It's a, it should be a byproduct, our yearning for the Lord and their yearning to want to know more about him and re, should be a byproduct of the spirit working in us. Mm-hmm. Not, and, and that's why I'm just like, same could be said about, things like tithing, other spiritual mm-hmm. aspects about our lives. But so I'm just, you're avoiding answering the question. About what? His question. He didn't ask me a question. Well, he asked all of us. Well, I, I was responding I know, I know to you. you. I'm just messing with you. Well, no. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, not you a... You turned yeah. it into a... There were I so did. Many I know. I did. I said so much. <laughs> I'm not a man of <laughs> ritual. Like, like yeah, I don't... Right. Or routine, really, even that much. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, it's it's difficult 
and and I've I've never been able to follow any type of routine, mm-hmm. and not just in like my spiritual journey, but in life. Mm-hmm. Like I've got young kids at home, so my schedule's always changing. You know, I go to the gym at the most random times of the day, just wherever I can squeeze this in. I do it wherever I can squeeze that in. I do it wherever I can squeeze in my educational stuff. I do that. Um, I, I it it is really it's always been a struggle for me to find any type of routine. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the only routine that I have that might sound a little bit hypocritical from the stuff I was just saying <laughs> is my Sunday morning routine mm-hmm. is all, because it's just me. Like my kids aren't there. Um, my wife's usually still sleeping. Um, and so I, for the past 12 years that I've been here at Sycamore Creek, my Sunday morning routine is I'm here usually at least an hour before anybody. And the first 30 to 45 minutes of that is just me in my office, sitting on my couch, reading my Bible. That's, I mean, that's the only piece of routine I have. Um, The way I consume the Lord's goodness and presence in my life and let him work in me throughout the week is different every day. Um, Where, and, and I, I, I hate the feeling of I've got to squeeze him in here. You know, like I hate that. Like it, it almost gives you a sense of guilt. Now I've got to, I've got to find a time to, 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 to stop and to read my Bible today. Like I just been so busy. I hate, I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. So letting him speak to you and letting the spirit develop you. If you can't find that time, um, is key is pivotal. Letting him work some way, somehow in your life. And, um, I think that, like I said before, I just think that it's it's dangerous for us to tell people. Now, if you are somebody that can follow routine really well, and you can just snap your fingers and be like, "All right, every day at eight a.m. I'm gonna do this," mm-hmm. that's great. But for I would say a majority of people can't operate that yeah. way. Sure. And so you got to fill your you got to fill your um, soul other ways. Um, you know, listening to worship music, re- listening to to the word like you were saying Mm -hmm. listening to just listening to somebody read the bible Mm -hmm. listening to somebody talk about the bible listening to podcasts listening to sermons um going to a small group letting you know other people fill you um because that's a way that the spirit works as well Mm -hmm. um it works through other people speaking to you um i'm i'm a firm believer that you know we should all know the word well um we should try to consume it daily um but I'm not one that will sit here and say you have to do that every single day for 30 minutes um, because it's not true, in my opinion. And I, I might be playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, um, but I'm just trying to balance, I guess, legalism a little bit with with the guilt aspect mm-hmm. of it all. So Yeah, I think, uh, I think it, what you're saying is super, super, super valid. Um, I think I I love Paul's approach to um, a lot of this stuff where he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? So there is this idea of um, working it out for you and God, and but doing so with a, a humble reverence of like, I don't know it all, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and I, I like that approach as a, as a simple foundation to how we do some of these things. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we sometimes underplay how much um, Paul and a lot of the New Testament writers talk about the freedom that we've been given through mm-hmm. Christ, right? We have been re- uh, released from slavery of the law. Now we're enslaved to Christ and the freedom he's given us is the language of the New Testament. Um, 
And so I think there's a lot of a lot of beauty to that and your personality type and your life of um, every day does look different and schedule is crazy, right? Not wanting to just pigeonhole got into... And I can't blame it on that, right? Yeah, like I right. feel like if I blame my lack of having a routine on just like life's craziness, yeah. that's almost another You make topic. time for what's important. Right, well, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... But I would challenge, like I would, I would ask, like, you know, as Christians, and we talked about spiritual development, and you said earlier, like, our goal is to eventually, you know, to to be more like Christ. That's like that's our goal as Christians. Yeah. So, like, what did Jesus do in his time on Earth? Because we know that he spent a lot of time alone mm-hmm. with the Father. Yep. To the fact, to the point where the disciples even were kind of like frustrated, like, yep. you know, where where is he gone now? You know, like, well, he was, you know, spending time with mm-hmm. with the Father. So. What is what was he doing in that time? You know, was it prayer? You know, was it just a conversation? Was he? Was it silence? You know, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, we don't really have evidence that his daily routine was the same every day, right? We don't really see that in Jesus's life that he did the same exact thing every, every time day. of every day. And if he missed it, then he like we don't see that. But we do see that. You know, he had time to do some of those things that brought him closer to his father. Well, they didn't. They weren't wearing watches and running by the same schedule that we were. They were sundials. They were, yeah. But it was different. <laughs> so it's like the schedules were completely. Um, it was just different. Was that um, ever modeled to you from y'all's parents, like a day-to-day like schedule routine? Oh yeah, of, my dad. Uh, yeah, very. I mean, he is regimented. Is he still that way? Oh yes. And it's Cause I, great. Like, I know your dad and his personality type, and it kind of seems like that's just the kind of person like that religiously, he is. I guess you would say, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, he, yeah, he, I don't know what he's doing right now, but he would, he would always read <clears throat> like he did the Bible through in a year, but he got to where he was reading one chapter a day and trying to digest it, take some notes, journal or whatever about it and really learn something every day. And it was just, you know, an example. He always did that and I always feel like, um, yeah, to speak to what you're saying, that guilt of, you know, if you miss a day or two, like, what kind of Christian are you? <laughs> read the New Testament. And I know, I, know the, it's like, I have, I know. No, 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 I'm saying that's what I would tell people, right? But, like, but, are you feeling guilt about your spiritual life? I guess and, it's, yeah, it's so much, read the been New preached, Testament. so much legalism has been preached into me, but the other side of it is, you don't want to just say, it doesn't matter. If you're oh, really, sure. because if you really want to develop, like we're talking about, you can't ignore it. You can't not do it. Yeah. So. Why don't you share a little bit about you, since we've both kind of hogged the mic a little bit? Uh, well, on the parent portion, um, I and I, I very much mean this. I don't. I pretty much can remember every single morning coming downstairs, getting ready for school. My dad was was doing his quiet time, and then I and then he would leave and go to work, and I'd still be there getting ready for school. And as I was leaving for school, my mom would be getting up, drinking coffee, doing her quiet time. Um, up until I left home and moved out, my parents just did that every morning and it wasn't, I, I never felt legalistic to me. It wasn't like I'd walk up and they'd be like, Hey, be quiet. I'm reading the Bible. Like yeah. it was very much like they'd talk to me and interact, but they would, you know, be doing those things in the quiet of the living room every morning. And I, that was just what I saw modeled for me. Um, I, I think that I'm, I'm like my dad more so in that way to where I'm, I'm, a pretty habit driven creature. (laughs) So like, I like to do a lot of things habitually. I think that that says a lot about who you are. Um, but I do think personality plays a big role in, in how you, um, you know, interact and go throughout life with God. I think for me, uh, I, 
it's changed since having a, a baby. <laughs> um, I had a lot more time to myself <laughs> before those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me right now, um, I do the morning routine with our daughter. And so I get up, feed her a bottle, get her ready for school. She's still waking up half awake doesn't really want to play or do anything besides that. So I have an AirPod in and I'm usually listening to a sermon or something like that. And it's just changed for me to mm-hmm. where um, I can still do it, but maybe it's not like sitting down with paper and like maybe how I would prefer it. Yeah. But I've found, you know, that to be like, all right, I can still have these moments. And then um, so I generally start with that is listening to a sermon or a podcast on, you know, spiritual development or something along those lines. Um, and then they usually leave the house and I've got about an hour and a half, an hour 45 before I have to really go anywhere. Um, and so I'll go to the gym and usually finish the podcast or whatever I was listening to while I'm there on the way home. I try to, um, not play anything in the car. So kind of what you were talking Mm -hmm. about, that's kind of the, that like 10 minute trip home Mm -hmm. is like my, just kind of be quiet and just kind of ask God, like, all right, God, you know, what do you want to say to me today? Kind of thing. Um, and then for me, for me, it's not as much guilt and shame, like if I miss it or anything, but I think I, for myself, try to pray and be in God's word every morning in some way, shape or form. Those are two markers for me of like, okay, um, you know, I'm ready to start the day and go Mm -hmm. throughout my day once I've done those two things, but that's just a personal, like, I like to have that two things done that can look different and feel different. Um, but those two markers for me are like, all right, I'm ready to kind of like take on the day because I've spent time in God's word. And then I've spent time just kind of reflecting and talking to him of what, you know, what does today look like? But what was the series that we just did that you talked about? Like, you know, the practical ways to study, you had oh. asked all of us individually in the office, like mm-hmm. how are ways, w- uh, what are the ways that you study the word or what was that series? Remember that? With your was dinosaur it? QR code? Yeah, that, that QR code that, that, that I had on the series. screen. What was it? it was all, what was the series? I don't remember. Oh my no. goodness. But I, but I bring it up because yeah. like, I remember thinking about that question. You asked all of us individually, like, you know, how, how what are some of the tools that we use? Mm-hmm. Tool, yeah. And right. I think that yeah. for, for a long time, for me, especially early on, I over glorified those tools mm-hmm. that we have at our disposal. Like, commentaries, a billion sermons on YouTube, any type of podcast under the sun that I just neglected the word. Mm. Right. Like, right. Right. And and I think that was one of my responses to you is like, sometimes I just feel like being alone with the word and nothing else. Like the, the scripture is clear that it, it, that the, it doesn't need to be supplemented. Enough, you know, yeah. it's enough. It's all we need. And so some, so many times you hear people tell you like, this is what the scripture should be teaching you mm-hmm. when in reality, if you get alone with that word and you're just reading it and consuming it and meditating on it, it's going to tell you something completely different. Yeah. Um, and we know that and we've talked about it. We've talked about hermeneutics on this podcast before, but we know that the word means one thing and, and that's all it means. But so many times it speaks to you in a unique way if you're just focused on that. And, yeah. and, um, and that, like I said, I, I, I've fallen into the trap of like, I'm just going to listen to a podcast or I'm going to listen to Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, you know, like, and just, it's going to be very out. Others are going to teach me rather than just let the Lord. But that is spiritual development too. Yeah. God uses both. I I agree. I'm I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I I think I I over, like I said, I think that was, I would in the past I've like, and even sometimes now like over glorify the tools rather than 
the tool, the right. relationship, right. yeah, and, and the Bible is God's word. I, I think too. I don't know. This is just a little element for me, and I don't know if Mitch relates to it because he's preparing sermons a lot. But I've been in pastors' meetings where there's this uh, major, like speaking to pastors in this conviction. If you are reading in your Bible for the same things that you're studying for for your sermons, that's not a quiet time. You're just doing sermon prep. How dare you do that to the Lord? Like I'm like another guilt trip type thing. And right. to me, if I'm reading things that are complementing what I'm preaching on, it just brings more fullness to that area of my life and gives me more content in my mind. And I don't think that I think the reason I read is so I grow spiritually, but also so I pass it on other people. So why not 100%. go deeper into things that I'm preaching on? But, you know, to each his own. I mean, I, I, I sometimes question, you know, I hear these things that people say, like, you know, I spend an hour every morning praying, an hour every morning reading the Word. I'm like, what, how, how do you do anything else in your life? What, who, has, who has that much time? But if you can, great. That's awesome. But yeah, I don't know. Do you do ever crossover with what you're reading, listening to for your sermon prep, or is it kind of like two distinct areas for you? I mean, it's. I think it's silly to say that it can be completely separated, right? Right. It's all the same world. It's the same. Right. World. Like I, I think that that's a little bit silly of an approach to say that that has to be completely. Um, I, I try when I can, like if I am waking up in the morning and going to spend time reading God's word or whatever, I, I try to not, Oh, that would be really good to preach. That would be really good to, I I try to draw that line a little bit sometimes just because like we were kind of talking about last week, like were our jobs ever supposed to look exactly like Mm -hmm. they do now when the first church started and whatnot. Um, but so I, so for my own health, sometimes I'm like, no, this is just me spending time with God, like me getting filled up from God, but not trying to just, oh, this would be really good to teach other people. Um, but it, at the same time, right, um, it is impossible to completely draw that line because if you are faithful to just spending time with God's word and filling yourself up with who he is, inevitably that's going to bleed over into what we do. But I, but I would push and say it should bleed over into whatever anybody does. I think the more time you spend in God's word and just surrounding yourself into quote unquote spiritual development, it's going to bleed over into everything that you do, which is what my whole point that I started with of like, do we need to draw the harsh line of spiritual, not spiritual? Because it should just kind of become, oh, I read this earlier. Oh, I heard this. Oh, the other day Steve was preaching on this and it just kind of flows and becomes who you are. Right. Um, I I mean, to that point that you were raising about, you know, your own, yeah, like separating like I mean the Lord called you to be a pastor because he knows your heart and he, he works in your heart and he knows that you have a shepherding heart and so he wants to take everything that he's filling you up and give it to and help and allow you to spread that to others and mm-hmm. and shepherd and guide others. So it's a, it would be weird if he was like, "Oh yeah, but this portion of what I'm teaching you, keep it to yourself." Right. Right. I, right? Is that what right. you're saying? No, that's what I'm yeah. saying. And you had you said the word heart and that's what I think is dangerous for me, maybe not for you guys, but I think it is for all of us. If I don't spend time with God, it doesn't have to be legalistically every single morning, same time. But if I go for several days without it, it does affect my heart. And it does change, I think, the way I interact with people, my ability to have patience, to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I don't, if I'm not reading or talking to the Lord and not like, you know, just not giving Him any time, it starts to affect 
me and my relationships because it is the thing that refines me, that keeps me on track, gives me the reminders of what I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to be growing. Um, so that is why I think that so often we preach, hey, have a daily time with God. But when I say have a daily time with God, and when you say it, when we all you know encourage people to do that, I don't think we're saying if you don't do it 365 days a year, you're going to fail as a Christian. So I, I think, you know, for me personally, I don't know if we you were going to ask this, but or if anybody was, but, you know, I, I try to be like, if I, I want to try at least spend five days, do five out of seven days a week. Like I know there's going to be days that get away from me, not feeling well, wake up late, had something come up I had to do, it was urgent. And then, you know, a, an actual time, but I, it's not hard if we really work at it to have a moment in God's word every day. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like you said earlier, whatever you care about most, that's what you're going to prioritize in your life, you know? So, right. you know, it doesn't have to look the same way every day, but yeah. And I, my question about right now is kind of to you guys is whatever you're, whatever you're working through, um, whatever the Lord's doing in your life personally, do you feel like that always spills out? Like you were talking about how, you know, you know, you feel like, you know, the Lord's working in you and just makes your day go better. Like, you know, like you, you have something to share with other people or is, do you in, ever just internalize it and keep it? Cause like here example, right. I want to make this pointless, but like example, like right now for me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing a personal study into the minor, minor profits. Right. So like Minor prophets, you know, like if you if you've ever gone through that journey before, there's kind of there's there's a lot of just like empty content you feel like when you're reading it. It's like, what is this meaning? What is it doing? If you're not paying attention to like the bigger picture of everything, it can kind of seem yeah. meaningless. Um, but for me, like if I'm if I'm reading something, if I'm reading through the minor prophets, like I am now, like that's not something that I feel like, mm. you know, like. Obadiah one verse eight is not spilling over into my daily it, life, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not like, yeah, or you know what, one of the other minors. It's like, it's the should there be a balance between those types of studies and like you're also always in like the Practical new the New Testament, the, yeah. like walking with Jesus's you know yeah. ministry. I don't. I know. actually love that you brought this up because um, I. I this is one of my favorite things that I think doesn't get talked about enough. And I think it, it can discourage and burn out people really quickly when it is conveyed in the, in a sense of like, every time you read God's word, every time you pray to him, every time you do these things, come to a powerful prayer series and do these things. And every single time it's going to be amazing and mm -hmm. you're going to feel so good. And what happens more often than not is people get into it for a month or for 21 days at the beginning of the year. And then they're like, I don't really feel that different. And I don't see that much evidence from doing this, you know, maybe more habit driven type approach. So what's the point? I'll just kind of throw in the towel. And I think there's so much um, powerful things we could get into about just there is a side of spiritual development where you don't feel it, but you are building into who you are things that you know, God is using and you may not see the evidence of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it is minor prophets or whatever. Like, um, I know you guys know this, but I am going with some people through the Bible in 30 days. Right. Um, there's this thing called the shred guy who's been running has been, this is his 10th year doing it. It's the entire Bible in 30 days. Today's th day 29. 
and I'm going through it with, there's six of us and none of us have missed a single day. So we're at day 29 and, you know, it's incredible how are we digesting every single detail of the Bible? No, but go ahead and read Matthew 1. You're not digesting every single detail there either. So it's so cool how we're going through the Bible in such an intense pace and we're putting so much into us. And it's like, we're not regurgitating all of it. So we don't always feel it when we're going through it every morning. But like, you just begin to notice way more bigger picture. You begin to notice just way more of God's character going through it at that pace. Um, and it's a thing that I've never done before. And I sure wouldn't have done it in high school. And I'm four high school guys are going through it with me. Um, but there's something about it. That's like my hunger and appreciation of scripture is growing. Even if I'm not retaining every single mm-hmm. detail of the minor prophets and whatever I'm, you know, p- digesting so much, but there is stuff coming out that I didn't make connections to before. As you preach on a Sunday morning and you bring up these verses and prophets and people who prayed this, I'm like, I know their stories and I've never known their stories before. Um, so there is some, some part of this of like, there's still, maybe it doesn't look the same every day. Maybe it's not an hour, two hours every day, but there is something about doing something every day when you don't feel it. There is, there is a piece of, I'm going to show up and I'm going to put myself in prayer or God's word or just, you know, podcast or whatever consumption. And God is going to honor that and do something with it. It might not be chills and amazing and this big revelation, but there's something that God honors. I think about repetition and about, you know, I think we should plan to. I don't. If I don't have a day, it's not because I intentionally say, you know, I, don't, I think I'm going to skip today. It's just because life got away. Uh, I don't think we should ever intentionally say, you know, I'm going to intentionally only spend one day with God every week. That's silly. But I mean, you, my son was one of those in that group that with you, and he was like, Dad. I don't think it was him. It might have been um, his friend Aiden in the car, but they were talking about it, like. Ezekiel, man. I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to, I'm not, I don't know. I was like a whole, I said, it's hard. There's a lot of Ezekiel that's just like listening to it like that. Yeah, but Ezekiel is also so cool too. Well, there's parts yeah. of it, right? But like, but I, I wouldn't suggest what you're doing for a fresh believer, new sure. believer. Like, no, that's not a good starting point. Well, but what would you? What, well, what would you suggest? I would definitely say New Testament. And I would definitely say like, start with the book of John. I think that's a great start with the Gospels. But how practically, how would you tell? Like, say somebody walks up to you on Sunday and is like, hey, I, you know, uh, I accepted Christ today. Yeah, I have. What, what's your I instruction? Started. Recently, I had somebody, I, I get them on a, um, there was a version plan for new believers. It was, I looked at it. It was like a 30-day, I think, plan with a good reading. Readings that would be, like, easy to understand for somebody that's new in the faith. I think there's plenty of, there's lots of examples out there. But I wouldn't say start start Genesis one and start going through, because boy, it's going to get tough when you get to Leviticus. But would you like? And I think we would all probably tell people differently. Would you tell? Would you tell a new believer like, "Hey, your congratulations on your newfound salvation. Now your daily obligation is to be in the Word every day as much as you can." Or, or should we just be telling people like, you know, now it now the Spirit's going to start working in you. You need to ask the Spirit every day to sanctify you further and then and then let the spirit take over or should we have these hard and fast like all right you know and now you got to get up every morning at seven o'clock it's going to be tough it's gonna be times you hate it what should what when where's the line like what do we tell people and i think that's kind of how we started this conversation about the renovation of the house and the the changing of appetites as time goes along right we need to find a way to communicate to them like 
hey, it's going to be confusing. <laughs> and there's going to, I mean, it is for anybody, yeah. but like, you know, you're not going to love every day and you're not going to understand maybe why you're doing what you're doing, but maybe a new devotional or maybe read the gospel, just a place to start to kind of start to whet your appetite for what scripture is. But I mean, you know, the Bible isn't, doesn't shy away from the fact that Paul says to pretty much every church he writes to, um, I started on milk and then he worked you up to solid food because you weren't ready for it yet. Right. It's his way of saying, right. you've got to start small. Mm-hmm. And as you walk with the spirit and ask the spirit, okay, where are you leading me? And then you're sensitive to it and you walk with him and you change and all these things you, you do your capacity to spend time with God and love God right. and enjoy time with God does grow in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, um, aren't we incredibly blessed? Cause we're like talking about this and what the new Testament tells us to do. They didn't have it. I mean, they didn't have copies in their homes so that they could just. We have we have it on our phone, and we're like talking. I mean, we didn't. We were thinking about these new believers in the Book of Acts at all these churches, in all the different places, and they're like, "Oh, let's go in our our living room together and open up the the Word of God together." Like they could. Yeah. I mean, so it was a little bit different. It was. I mean, it was copies were being made. We you know study that, but well, it's like in Hebrews, like which is one of my favorite books. It's like. You have the writer of Hebrews who like writes a few verses and then he's like, oh, and this is what the Old Testament has to say. And then he's like, oh, but you know, Jesus, 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 this is what the Old Testament yeah. has to say. Cause they didn't have like, yep. I mean, it, right. obviously yeah. the writer of Hebrews didn't know he was like contributing to the yeah. future canon that yeah, we have. Yeah. But that's a thought I've been having is like, we can't, I think it's not that we can't, we shouldn't downplay Old Testament the way that a lot of us do. Right. Because Jesus, had the, that's what he taught from was the Old Absolutely. Testament. Absolutely. All the New Testament writers reference the Old Testament and, and Jesus and what he taught. Like, they didn't have the full canon yeah. scripture that we do. We're that's in a privileged right. point of view. We are. But um, everything that they taught and learned from and how they grew was from the Old Testament. We A lot of us like the Old Testament, like, whoa, just don't worry about it. There's nothing to it. But like, there's a, that's, yeah. that's, that's know, a cool a thing there. about going through the Bible yeah. in like 90 days or 30 days or whatever is it's the big picture of scripture, scripture is revealed yeah. to you in a new way. Yeah. Um, we did this 90 day journey. I did it with my wife and yeah. I remember like there every once in a while we would just be like, can we get to Jesus now? Yeah. Like, can we get to Jesus now? Cause yeah. like you see all of like everything that man is doing and it's like, why are you guys such yeah. idiots? You need Jesus. Hurry up Jesus. And then right. you get to the new Testament and you're like, uh, but the New Testament would be nothing without exactly. all of that. Right. 100%. So, yeah. I love preaching the Old Testament stuff. Like we're in my men's group, we're doing Joshua, the, the new uh, study through Joshua. And I love the story of Joshua. So many great, great parts of the Old Testament to preach from. I mean, like, yeah, some of the minor prophets are harder. But we did a series a few years ago. You may remember Habakkuk. on Habakkuk. And yeah. it was awesome. I loved that. One of my favorite series we did. It was the one right before, right before COVID. Uh, so, um, anyway, um, I was thinking too, like what you were saying, um, we were having a lunch the other day and got into this theological discussion. And I think sometimes depending on where you are, it's like you start having these questions. And even though like, uh, I've been a believer for 42 years, um, and grown in, went to school for it. There's still things that come up. You're like, Oh, things, new, new ways of thinking about things, not, not, um, completely changing what you believe, but like really I'm in an investigative mode. I'm not going to go into the topic, but there's a couple topics we were talking about and I'm in a very investigative mode right now about it. And so I'm like, that's exciting to me. And I'm listening to different people talk about it. I'm trying to be like, Oh, you know, all these things that I was told when I was, you know, you know, in the eighties and nineties. And these are people that took scripture and, and did their best to understand it. But maybe there's a, another understanding that I need to 
get my mind wrapped around doesn't mean I change everything I believe about certain topics, but it, it could. It could, yeah. it could, and that's exciting to me. Like that's different. That's where I am now, right society now. Society forces us to grow in specific areas. Yeah. I mean, know, sure. doctrinally and theologically. I mean, things that are happening in world events sometimes yep. makes you, with you know, with everything happening in Israel now, make people brought it all back up to the surface. Questions yeah. that people have about that. And so I'm enjoying the conversations and challenged by the conversations, and I think that's a growth point for me. Yeah, I mean, it does the same for me, too. Like, not not just that situation, but wherever we are, mm-hmm. you know, even, like, not to bring up politics again, but, like, coming up on an election year, it's like, okay, so, you know, at what is my Christian moral obligation and duty, mm-hmm. you know, that Scripture tells me to do? Well, maybe that's where I need to go next, you yeah. know, in my spirit, in my personal mm-hmm. development journey. Um, and it, like, you know, we've been given this life, society's going to have an influence on us. So it, yeah. it's, it's our job as those who are being sanctified, um, to be more like Christ. And we have to follow, um, you know, what's being pressured on us and we have to learn specifically in those areas. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I agree. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like a lot of times something will come up and I'll be like, you know, I don't really know, or I think I might know, but what does the Bible actually say? Right, yeah. Um, I'm like, how am I a pastor of all these years and I don't have an articulate answer to this? Or question? you've read it. You, you're well, yeah. where, where, you're well aware of what Scripture says, yes. but you're not sure of how it applies in this scenario or Correct. what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I, but I think that's awesome. Like, I think it's beautiful that like anybody who's so I've arrived on this. You know, besides the essentials to Christianity, everything else can be held pretty loosely because we don't know. And I think that that's exciting to kind of work yeah. it out. Like I walked in your office a couple months ago as I started kind of getting into some bigger theological things, and I said, "I don't know where I stand on any of these things." And you were like, "Isn't that kind of awesome though? Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of fun to like yeah. just kind of okay, let me evaluate and kind of let Scripture interpret Scripture and kind of hear from different perspectives and then just kind of land on an approach and know that I'm holding it loosely and that's okay, you know? Right. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, so. I mean, and we're not talking about salvation. We're right. not talking about the core doctrines. We're talking about some of the things like eschatology, end times, like, well, how do you interpret this and how do you interpret that? And it's really, it's a good, I think it's a growth aspect for us to have those conversations and be able to not just sit in an echo chamber where we all just like, yeah, yeah, we all agree. That's the exact. And then call everybody else wrong and crazy. Right. For, for having a different view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, you had to hold some things loosely, but it's, it's exciting. I think spiritual growth should, I think I said it maybe in the sermon yesterday, something about if your prayers are boring you, I'm not saying God's bored by them, but maybe we're not doing the right things, if we're going through the motions, and if your devotional life is boring, then change it up. Then do something different. Don't quit it. Just figure out what you need to do to to get more out of it. Because yeah. then maybe you're... Ch- I've done it where I've checked the box because I was scared I was going to get asked the question by my boss, did you spend time in the Word this morning? And I vowed never to be like that and treat people like that. Not th- and he's a kind, loving person. He was just trying to you know, he was looking out for you. me. Oh, he yeah. was trying to, and, and you know, he realized later that he was harsh and that was not the approach. But, you know, I, I think there's always something we can change up to, to f- make it better. Right. And there are some things that I think are mundane and through the routine. And, and I think that's okay too. I think. Oh yeah. I mean like we, we do other things in our life, right. Yeah. For practical development that are, I mean, sometimes our workouts could be mundane or boring, but we know we need to do But them. then what do you do? You, you change it up, right? So your you muscle make it, confusion, right? Yeah. So you don't get like, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, yeah. so I think that you could, 
if you just do the same reading plan every single year, like I'm like, okay, you can, there's so much to learn and grow, but if it gets to, um, yeah, where, where you're not getting anything out of it, well then you're, well, that kind of goes back to what you preached about the pre- previous week at the beginning of your sermon about kind of like disregarding the power of God mm-hmm. and like not coming to him, you know, like expectantly oh, right. and, and yeah. regarding, you know, in, in just this wondrous state of who he is. The like awe. if we go before him and we're just kind of like, all right, you know, I don't expect you to do great things, but, you know, well, then he's probably not going to. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, One of the quotes last night from the video that we watched in our small group was about Mother Teresa being interviewed by Dan Rather years ago, obviously. And I know what you're going to say. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. And, and he asked her about her prayer life, and and he asked, what kind of prayers do you pray when you when you pray to God? And she goes, I don't say anything. I just listen. And then, Yeah, she kind of laughed. Yeah, and she stuff. laughed, and he was like, oh, and he was really taken back by it. And he's like, okay, so what does God say to you then when you listen? Nothing. He's just listening. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what to say. It was kind of funny. And it's like, but I think we're a little uncomfortable with that at times. Yeah. But boy, I think there's a great place to be, though, where you can just, even that that's just five minutes of your day, just listening. You know, and some people in our group are like, I'm just going to like not turn the radio on on my commute for a while, you know, and listen. Would you say maybe that's even more important than reading? Because here's the, what I would, what I would raise, I, I would raise is this, like pre-Reformation, Reformationists before the actual Reformation had no scripture, like you know, unless they knew Latin. Right, that's what. I, yeah. So I, like, yeah. they're relying solely on their relationship, Moral. their their knowledge of the gospel, yeah. of the gospel message, and they're relying on their prayer life and their communication with the Lord. Yeah. Not sitting before physical pages, like you said earlier. Like we man, we have such a blessing to be able to do that. But throughout history, mm-hmm. even in the early church, I mean, they had the Torah. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything was like verbal, oral communication. Right. Everything was passed down in that way. I was talking to somebody about that last week. Like, um, you know, there's something about scripture being read to you and, and stories and whatnot being passed down to you. That's how a lot of people were taught because a lot of people didn't have the privilege to be able to read and yeah. understand and study these things like we do. Um, and so there was just this verbal tradition of there was this guy named Jesus and he did this and he went here and it was based on this and Moses went here and it, that was just it was all based on story and there was something about that and what we um, know it's like luckily it was, it was all verifiable yeah like yeah. you know through the through the church if you yeah. you go to a, the priest and have him you know translate yeah. Latin or whatever or yeah. original text but yeah, yeah I don't think the answer to your question I don't think there's it's I think it's seasons of your life there's yeah when you need to listen more some by just listening and some yeah. in prayer and then sometimes it's you need to read more yeah that's what I think like for us like that love deep theological topics like we have the benefit of being able to go to the original text and digging yeah. up the truth but like how how much of that kind of stuff existed you know mm-hmm. three four uh 600 years ago yeah. you know it's not there weren't a lot you know yeah. that's why the theologians that we do know of were so popular was because they're so highly educated and there were so few of them. So like our knowledge base goes far beyond what they could even have in there in front of them. So um, it's interesting to think about, but I, I mean, I would, I would, I would never say like, Oh, your prayer life is more important than scripture. But if you only focus on scripture, you have no prayer life. If you have, if you only have prayer life, but you don't know the gospel and you don't know what's in the message, you don't know what's in the book. Well Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're, it's, it's a two part approach for sure. Well, I think we'll start to bring this conversation to a close. I think this has been a really good start to 
our new season and new year here on the End All Things podcast. I think everything that we're talking about, different approaches and methods of doing some of this kind of stuff, um, it's all means to an end, right? And the end is knowing who God is and spending time with him, right? Relationship with him. That's the goal of everything that we just talked about is it brings you to a place of spending time with with your father, with God, and, and understanding who he is, which is how you get deeper into relationship. Which with is him, the purpose right? for the purpose of sanctification that you right. said at the beginning. Right. Yeah, you know him better, so you become more like him. Yeah. Closing thought for me, uh, I, I love in Acts, the first church explodes and all the apostles are teaching and thousands of people are being saved and all these things. And it says uh, it's because of the authority that they taught in. And it was obvious that they had been with Jesus. And I think that's a really cool thought of just, you know, we don't get to physically be with him yet, <laughs> but right. there's this, still this idea of when you spend time in God's word and in, in God's presence and just learning from him, it does become obvious to the rest of the world that you've been with him and you look more like him. And I think that the world is drawn to that. So that's the goal of what we're talking about. I mean, yeah, I'm piggybacking on that. That was from yesterday's uh, message in Acts 4 when Peter and John stood before the council. They, they were simple men who were fishermen who had no education in in religion, and yet they spoke with authority mm-hmm. because they had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I mean, that's a great way, I think, to to summarize this whole conversation of spiritual formation, um, encouraging, so being with Jesus. That's why we talk about habits. I think we habits are a means to an end. They're not. They're not the end of themselves, and that's where we get it wrong. I think when we look at it, you didn't do the habit today, then you're never gonna, you're not gonna make it. Habits are a way to get there. That's why we mm-hmm. talk about habits, and we need habits in our life. But they're not the end. Yeah. All right. I agree. Well, amen. Um, I think that's it. So uh, let us know what you thought of this conversation and let us know. It'd be kind of cool to hear from you all what your day to day life um, with God looks like and some things that you found to be helpful or not helpful um, as we all kind of grow in this together um, and work out our salvation individually. But we will see you next week on the In All Things podcast. Let us know any topics, ideas, conversations you want to hear on this for season six. And we're excited to be back. I'm feeling good. I'm ready for this and we'll see you next week on the In All Things Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things Podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.